presented here is the first 10 minutes of the latest edition of Top Rope Nation Unplugged, the Patreon-exclusive bonus podcast from our own Jesse Velasquez, one of three bonus podcasts that Patreon supporters of Top Rope Nation get access to each month that includes Top Rope Nation Classics, Top Rope Nation Extra, and TRN Unplugged. If you enjoy what you hear and you want to hear the full podcast as well as over 100 bonus shows from the Top Rope Nation crew, click that link here in the podcast description to support us on Patreon for as low as just $5 per month. It is the best way to support the show. It is the best way to ensure this podcast continues for years to come. Enjoy the free preview. And we'll see you at patreon.com slash Nation. The revolution is televised. Episode 136 of TRN Unplugged. I am your host, Jesse Velasquez. Thank you so much once again for listening to said podcast and supporting all of us at Top Rope Nation. This is going to be hopefully a quickie, 30 minutes ish because i don't have as much content but i have had so much energy a lot of steam coming out of my ears good stuff bad stuff the whole nine yards and one of my ways where i can be very expressive is on a microphone very similar to a phil brooks let's go over the format real quick i'm gonna give you the next three shows after this from a trn unplugged perspective here on the patreon side of things My next episode after this, we will be talking about the AEW world title history, going over each reign in depth, and that'll be myself and, of course, one of TRN's finest co-hosts, Justin Joint. Right around Christmas time, I'm going to re-release an episode of mine from pretty much two years to the day, December 23rd of 2021, with AEW backstage hand, and I believe he's also a member of the booking team, Will Washington. Formerly of Grapsity, as well as RBR, which was his original podcast that he started back in 2005, where we discussed the state of the state, the business aspect of things in the WWE, and we talked a lot about his cousin at the time, Swerve Strickland. So, hey, two years in the making, look where he's at right now. Going to finally close either the end of the year or the beginning or start the beginning of next year, reviewing the first Raw of 1999 and the overall landscape of WWF 1998 with Michael Jenkinson, a year of review in sorts. And of course, we're going to be talking a lot of Mick Foley on that episode. Remaining here, I'll be going through, of course, the usual to start. Then we have a wrestler of the year criteria, which started a stink yesterday in the Facebook group. I kind of want to go deep on this, but I'll just give you a little tip of the iceberg. Going to shout out a happy birthday to a certain legend the pro wrestling industry go through three questions and answers that you provided me here on patreon and the facebook group as well shout out to you i will give you your kudos when we get there and then i'm gonna also hype up what the next project of course right after that episode with michael jenkinson to review 1998 wwf i'll be that being said let's roll The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. 
Folks, I have four wonderful tweets from the last week-ish of pro wrestling Twitter, the IWC, if you will. Now, if any of you out there, and I'm going to include those who, I don't know, not necessarily know much about, like, or that know a lot about Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, if you know of any accounts that really overhype AEW and drink the AEW Kool-Aid to the point where they can do no wrong and say ludicrous things, please let me know. I am looking for a lot of these because I want to stay as neutral as I possibly can when I'm ripping all of these accounts here on Twitter. And this here's where we're going to start right away. So this gentleman here, this person says this was right after CM Punk's, I believe, promo here on the Survivor Series, right after Survivor Series on Monday night that was a very lame duck. He says, yep, this is a start of the AE of AEW's downfall. Punk leaves, then QT Marshall, now backstage hand Kevin Sullivan, and most of the talent isn't happy with their booking. CM Punk leaving, okay. I mean, that's that's a significant piece. I feel that, again, I mean... He ruffled a lot of feathers while he was there. He was great for the promotion. Good, bad, indifferent, however you feel about him. But then you go on QT Marshall leaving. And that nepotist clown is likely going to end up as the right-hand man on WWE Raw, maybe carrying Cody Rhodes' bags in a backstage segment. I mean, the fact that he didn't think that his QTV segments were fully appreciated by the booking committee of AEW, and he felt that the direction of the company was starting to go a little pro-wrestling heavy, kind of like in a New Japan type of way, which, by the way, it's kicked ass with this Continental Classic. I don't know what in the world you're thinking, dude. You're probably a wonderful talent when it comes to coaching and teaching. Nightmare Factory, there have been a handful of performers that have come out of there that have done a, a pretty solid job so far early on in their careers. I'm going to touch on one of them later. But for a nepotist like UT Marshall to get hired and then leave, and for you to say that's the start of the downfall, and then you have a guy who I believe is one of the top backstage guys, or in terms of like a from a production perspective, this is not the taskmaster Kevin Sullivan we're talking about here. This is a producer Kevin Sullivan. Sure, that that I mean that's going to be a blow probably to their production team. But I think overall, if you look at every single nook and cranny, top to bottom, when it comes to money being drawn, and then merchandise, ticket sales, television deals, I don't think Kevin Sullivan and QT Marshall are going to start a domino effect to the point that AEW is going to completely fall downhill, lose the company, and be out of business. That's absolutely re-effing-diculous. I don't understand people's logic. They just say things to say things on occasion. It just ruffles my feathers. I'm going to try not to swear tonight, but this dude is a clown. Speaking of clowns, our Feed the Generations person is back on his high horse saying, I know that we all want CM Punk and Seth Rollins. That's the third Phil, Phil Brooks reference here. But a feud between Miz and Punk would be epic. Just imagine the promo war, SummerSlam 2000. And 24. You all know my disdain for the 2023 version of Mike Mizanin. The fact that this CM Punk Miz feud in 2011 after he won the championship and they rolled into Survivor Series, that 
didn't do a very good job from a business perspective. What do you think is going to happen 12 years later? We've already established that Miz is 3-16 and 16 as a singles performer. He's been 6-34 and 34 over the last two years on televisions and PLEs. He's an absolute joke just to help get people over. He has a role within the company. He's going to have a job for as long as he wants it. He's going to be able to do television shows with his wife and his children. The man's got it made. But for him to be a significant performer and a high-end, top-of-the-card guy in 2023, when he's been treated about as well as, we'll say, Akira Tozawa, oh, by the way, a guy that pinned him earlier in the year, or even another buddy like, we'll say, Dexter Loomis, who he feuded with, by the way, last year on Raw, and I think Dexter won the match there too. You're trying to tell me that a CM Punk Miz feud in 2024 is going to put butts in seats. The WWE as a brand is going to put butts in seats. But Miz is going to be used as nothing more than a stepping stone for Phil Brooks to move on to something much more significant. So you can just get off of the Miz's jock, stop twirling his rod, and get yourself a hobby that doesn't involve blowing the Miz. I've got two more. Dave LaGreca. <laughs> My apologies. I just need to stop. I'm, I'm overloaded with CM Punk. If we never talk about him for the rest of 2023, it isn't too soon. And he's one of my all-time favorite performers. Dave LaGreca. Promo of the year last night on SmackDown. You, I could stop right there. Somebody replied, you need to put down the Kool-Aid. It was good, but promo of the year. Come on, man. That's exactly what we're all thinking here. LaGreca goes one step further and says, name one be better. Name one that covered more ground. Name one that has stories coming out of it, that has more stories coming out of it. He has quite a few words misspelled here. David, come on, dude. You're a radio personality. I guess writing's not your strong suit. Apparently there was a...